This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really going to have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Picture this, you're fully immersed in your podcast because in the back of your mind, you're not trying to recall when that deadline was supposed to be or stressing to keep everyone updated on next steps. MeetMonday.com, a work management platform that makes having peace of mind easy. With Monday.com, all your work lives in one centralized place. You can automate updates to keep team members up to speed and ensure nothing falls through the cracks, even while you're enjoying your favorite podcast. To start your 14-day free trial, go to monday.com. How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to That Mill Podcast. I hope you're doing well. My name's Omar. As always, I am joined by Mickey Simpson, halfway through his dog walk. Hello, pal. How are you? Yeah, all good, mate. All good. You all right? Yeah, I mean, it could be better if we all played well yesterday and gave us something to shout about from the rooftops, but it's one of those, isn't it, mate? And obviously, we're trying to keep to our podcast regime, mate, at the minute, so we're doing our best to get a show out tonight. So, yeah, yeah it's it. one of those ones, it's... right? Yeah, no, it's all good, mate. It's all good. Look, you know, bit of fresh air, bit of outside broadcasting, all good, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? That's it. We're going to have to um, do it in IRL, in real, in real life show soon, mate, for sure. I think we've oh, said definitely. it before. Yeah, no, we're definitely. We'll get you around my house, mate. We're um, we're sitting in the back garden and we're, uh, we're getting it all going and all that. Do you know what I mean? I've got the leads. I brought the leads and stuff like that ready to go. So uh, we can make sure we get the broadband in the garden, crack open some beers, a big fat cigar, and we can just talk bollocks for an hour. 
Sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good. Right, we're going to end this bit here and have part number one. Part one will be about the Fulham game and then briefly at the end we'll talk about the Cardiff game coming up on Saturday. We'll be right back. And welcome to the first part of the show. As mentioned, we're um, Mickey's out and about there. But, uh, mate, let's talk about that game yesterday. Mill went down 2-1 defeat to Fulham. Just obviously initial thoughts after the game, mate. I know you put a couple of tweets out during at half-time, didn't you, on the Twitter handle. I think a lot of people agree with you, to be honest, mate. It was absolute drab in that first half, wasn't it? We were embarrassing. Um, it, you know, we, we sort of knew we were going to be up against it with um, with Fulham, but they it was like an exhibition game, you know what I mean? It was like we were playing fucking Sunday league team and we were, you know, we were the Sunday league team and they were Barcelona um, of of old school greatness. Do you know what I mean? We we got absolutely ripped apart. Um, we were we were too open in the middle. We just didn't seem to have any composure. We couldn't put passes together. We couldn't do fucking anything. Excuse the noise. There's some knobhead riding a motorbike across a fucking place with dogs. So if I jump up and have to beat him up, then um, I'll do a live feed on that as well. That'll make some quality viewing, mate. That would be for the podcast. I'll tell you that much. Dog, dog lead round the head. That's it. Mill fan filming podcast clubbing someone round the head. But, mate, I mean, it wasn't the ideal start, was it? Eight minutes in, we was 2-0 down. First goal came courtesy of slap defending, I'm going to call it. Uh, I think it's Carvalho, the Fulham player they've got there. Kifton Bell's trying to track him, get there. Um, to the touchline down the left-hand side. And then there's Mitrovic of all people. I mean, Mitrovic flats to the sea for a lot of people. But Mitrovic there to tuck it away to make it 1-0 to Fulham. About three or four minutes later, this time down the right-hand side, just making us look like we're not even there. Cabano picks out uh, Carvalho again, goes for goal, near post, beats Bielkowski. A lot of people critical of the goalkeeper for the two goals, mate. But overall, it was the team that was just, you know, defence wasn't really there for either goal, was it? No, I don't, I, I don't blame Bart for it. I think he... You know, at the end of the day, I think our defence just wasn't there, and the midfield just weren't stopping anything. So, you know, they were chipping it over, and they they were off, mm. uh, and we definitely didn't have the legs. I mean, the the second goal that Cavanio is it Cavanio? Cavanio, yeah. Fuck me, eighteen years old. He's got some legs on him, mate, and he just he left us for dead. He was like fucking lighting the fuse wire, and off he went. Boff. Um, he was faster than the ground, mate. Do you know what I mean? There was no mm. catching him, and that was the thing with Keith as well. That you know. I think it weren't through Willard trying. He just didn't have the legs. Yeah. And if they, they got a run on him, he was fucked. He couldn't do anything. He just had to sit there and, and go, oh, well, I can't do nothing. And that was the problem. But we were well open in the middle. Um, they were they were getting through without a problem. We just, we just, we were playing into him. We, we just, you know, it's again what we've said every fucking show for so long. You don't play five at the back. Especially at the den, I see it, mate. I, it's it's a hard one to take, really. I think you know. I'm looking back at the goals right now, and whilst I was obviously there last night, I, they weren't the greatest of goals either for Fulham. And it could have been four, five, six nil at halftime. And obviously, we'll talk about the team. You said five at the back. You made a couple of changes. Uh, I'll name drop one: Marlon Romeo coming in. Um, you know, Mar- Romeo came in for Matt Namara, and mate, it wasn't a great half of Romeo, was it? There, I know. Obviously, you know, you, you're in between there, but um, Romeo wasn't great at all. Matt Namara kind of came in second half and just steadied the ship a little bit. But what did you make of Marlon's performance yesterday? Marlon was shit. He, yeah. he, there was no way he should have got that position over Danny Mac. When Danny Mac come on, we looked like a different team. We were we were a better controlled. They were getting down. I know 
Gary said, oh, it weren't Romeo's fault. But Romeo was in that position and he weren't supposed to let people past him. And mm. people were fucking running past him like he was opening the fucking door. It was as if he was a concierge at the Five Star Hotel. He's like, good morning, sir. Come through this way. And, and, and everyone was fucking running him wild. And it was just bollocks. We shouldn't... We shouldn't have had that many opportunities allowing them to go. We are a capable team of being able to defend against them, but we just didn't perform. We were shit. Yeah, agree with you, mate. I mean, the team itself was uh, Bielkowski in goal, Ballard, Murray Wallace, centre-half with Jake Cooper, left side centre-half, Scott Malone, left wing back, Marlon Romeo, right wing back, and then Ryan Lennon returned to the side in the middle with Keith Dembeld, and obviously Saville, and then a phobie and Wallace up top. I mean, he made the one change we've all been calling for, Mickey. That was Leonard in for uh, George Evans. I thought Leonard was okay. I mean, he didn't do anything to harm his critics, so to speak. And he came into the side and done his bit. But it's it's just stumbling blocks, mate. And half-time, we make that change. You know, Romeo comes off, obviously probably the worst 45 minutes he's played in the middle shirt. I, I don't want him to be a boo boy because I do like Marlon and I agree with you. Matt Lamar for me every day of the week should get into this side ahead of him. I think he kind of thinks he's got two great right backs to choose from. And he thought, I'm going to throw Romeo into this one. Uh, he played well last week in the cup against Portsmouth, but different kettle fish playing Portsmouth in the cup one week and then playing for them the week after, mate. Yeah, two, two completely different kettles of fish. I mean, I'll tell you another standout player from yesterday, mate, was fucking Daniel Ballard. What a player, mate. He was yeah. he was superb for us. What a signing. Um, you know, every, every ball. I mean, even when he fucking need Bart in the face, do you know what I mean? It was it was it was pure it, commitment. Absolute commitment he gave from the minute that started to the minute it ended. He he was he was over everything. He was trying his hardest to, to get a foot on everything. And it's just a shame that, you know, ninety nine percent of the rest of them just didn't do the same. Um yeah, I just we just weren't firing. Whatever reason, we weren't firing. But Fulham's fitness, Fulham's money, everything else about them, you can tell that they were a Premiership team. They've only just, you know what I mean. You can tell that they're Premier Premiership class. I think it's um, for me anyway. It wasn't necessarily just getting turned over. It was more so the mistakes we was making, constantly misplacing Stupid. passes, constantly you know going for tackles and missing the players. I think it was just the players just really weren't on it, mate. And I think if you're Rowett, you're kind of thinking you've had two home games in the league where you know crowds will be there. You know, first game of the season against Blackburn, and then you've got a London derby against Fulham. It's two real opportunities to kind of you know, if not win the game, at least show what this side's about. And if anything. After both games, the fans are just not turning, but it just brings doubt, doesn't it? And scepticism to his plans and his hopes for the team. Yeah, it's the same thing as what we say all the fucking time with Millwall, right? Is yeah. that we don't care if we get spanked 5-0. But if every player out there had put effort in, we couldn't care less, mm -hmm. right? But to be 2-0 down in eight minutes, and I'm not being funny, we were all thinking we were going to be 8-0 down by the, thing, by the end of the first half, or at least yeah. by the end of the second half, um, and we weren't. We were just like, you know, passes and tackles and everything else. What they'd win day in, day out, training pitch, normal games, they'd win. They were fucking losing. They just couldn't put anything. It was as if, oh, my God, you know, I'm playing next to a, a £15 million player or a, a £10 million player. Or, or it was just, just as if the whole fucking event was just too overpowering for him. They were just, you know, overwhelmed by everything what was going on. And you just think, get a grip. You're fucking professional football players. You should just go out there and do it. They're no different 
to play in Portsmouth to play in Fulham. Yeah, they're a little bit better, but they still ain't going to like you going through them if you can go through them rather than fucking miss them and end off, you know, end up coming off the uh, one of the uh, outside lines or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It's fucking madness. Yeah, I mean, the argument that's going around is obviously, you know, whilst we weren't great, a lot of people have obviously, you know, not not scapegoated it, but I've said like, you know, there's a team you're coming against that's got hundreds, like tens and hundreds of millions worth of talent in there. And there's us one Beasley six million. But like I said, just to hear home on it, it's it's just it wasn't it was no lack of desire, but it was just which you know, there was no quality on show whatsoever from our side. And we think this is one of the best sides we've got for a long while, Mickey. And you know, it gives you a kind of reality check, doesn't it, to show, you know, Fulham's hotly anticipated to be in the top four for a reason. Do you know what I mean? They expect us to be in and around it. And I think after seeing them last night, I expect them to be maybe in the top two come the end of the season. Oh, 100%. If they don't get automatic playoff, then, you know, they're, they're really, really fucking um, falling short of this season. But, you know, people who say, oh, yeah, we're in a good time. Well, we, we turn over Everton. We turn over Leicester. We turn over, you know, we've turned over good teams. Mm-hmm. Fairly, you know, without too much effort. You know, a lot lot less effort than what we were putting in yesterday and fucking it up. So, it, it it's an excuse, yeah, 100 million, 200 million pound team compared to what we are you know, a £6 million team, but I don't think that's an excuse you can run on. Agreed with you, mate. And um, obviously, half-time came, like I said, we made them changes. Second half, mate, um, I think, you know, I've got a few mates of mine that are, you know, that are texting me or sitting in the crowd with me. They're saying, if he comes out with five at the back again in the second half, you know, for all, for all AKA, he can walk tonight, someone was saying. Um, he makes the change, goes four at the back. You know, we kind of rally. I mean, let's be honest, Fulham could have scored two or three themselves in the second half anyway, but, I talk about a bright spark. A phobia got his first goal, albeit he didn't know much. Didn't know much about he it. Didn't but... fucking know nothing about that. That <laughs> come off his fucking forehead on the top of his head. He didn't know anything about it. Look, but at the end of the day, he's a striker. He's paid to be in that position at the right time, and he was there at the right time and took the deflection, and it went in. And you know what? I'll take that. To win that game yesterday, two-one, rather than potentially six, seven, eight, nil, I'll, I'll take that all day long. Do you know what I yeah. mean? The goal difference we still there, we were right with, and we move on and we take on Cardiff at the weekend. Agreed, mate. I agree with you there. I mean, uh, obviously, like I said, Phoebe getting that goal. Matt Smith was instrumental in that assist. He had a couple of headed chances himself as well. I think he just kind of reminded Rout, you know, whilst maybe everyone doesn't expect him to start every game or kind of see start from the get, like most of the time he's an impact sub. He offered his weight in gold. And to be fair to him, we played three strengths as well. You know, Wallace getting down the left hand side, Murray Wallace, that is. Uh, getting deliveries into the box. I, I want to name check Jed Wallace, mate, because I, I don't know where he was yesterday. I, I, obviously, our best player by country mile, and we all know it, but big occasion and kind of missed him a little bit. He was another one that was making mistakes, you know, doing too much with the ball, I think, where he's not trusting his teammates at times because the back's against the wall and he loses the ball. And he, he probably done that three or four occasions, mate. Yeah, and he seemed to be going in silly as well, you know, going in really hard on, on players. You could see him getting frustrated. I mean, it was... Um, was it Cavanio where he basically fucking just took him out? Um, I think during the second half. So, I mean, I, I just think the whole occasion got to him. It, it was just everything about it got to him, um, whether or not it was the fact that it was live on telly. But to me, you know, if you're a player playing in that team and they're live on telly, it's time for you to show the world what you can do. People are watching, especially Jed, where he's saying, you know, he wants a premiership opportunity. It's nothing to do with money. It's this, that and the other. He wants a premature he wants a, a premature. He wants a premier opportunity. <laughs> but unfortunately, that performance last night doesn't bode well for him um, for premiership teams. If he can't handle Fulham and he gets too frustrated, 
he's going to get that every week. Definitely, mate. I mean, we put some tweets out online, obviously, asked for people's reactions. I thought I'd read some of them out whilst, obviously, um, I'm sure Mickey's going to have to round up his dog in a second, see where she is. Uh, but some reaction online. Mum to S, uh, JS Sick, uh, Mum to Jez and CX, and there's his dog sitting there well-behaved waiting for him. Um, our, thoughts, our thoughts is thank God for Bartman. That is obviously Bart Bielkowski. Would have been worse without him and those four major saves. And was it Len Dog who put his body on the line to stop, uh, stop on the floor to stop one? We got the better. We got better once that Mark Mara came on. Was brought on with Evans. Just our thoughts. Okay, interesting the thoughts there. The emotional one. Fulham was stronger on the ball, faster in their build-up play, and suffocated us when we we're in possession. A standard that we can only dream of. Teams like Fulham need roughing up, and we we only realised that on the 80th minute. Hopefully, our confidence is not too much. Uh, men versus boys, says Loyal Wolves. Slick one-touch football, could have been a cricket score. Embarrassing. Tommy Morgan says, I can take being out of class, but I can't take the lack of effort and fitness. They won't. They won every second ball and were so much quicker than us to react to all over the pitch. Missed Hutch massively. Can't pick anyone out apart from Keith who wouldn't stop. Mate, he stole my words there because I was about to say about Hutchinson. Uh, Jake Saunders tweeted yesterday that Rowett confirmed he could be out for five to six weeks. Obviously, brought him out for at least the next three games before the international break. I mean, I said it before. I think, you know, I thought he was class a couple of games. You know, I remember going Ipswich. I know it's a preseason game, but he was top draw. First game of the season, it's QPR. He was top draw. He just leads by example, mate. And I think you miss him more when he's out of the team. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's the motorbike back again. Um, yeah. No, I, t- I totally agree with you. Um, Hutch is a massive. Uh, massive loss to us. But it was as if he's out and the rest of the team suddenly think, shit, we're not going to be able to defend without him. And you and you just think, you know, we can. It's the same as when Jed Wallace ain't in the team, we don't seem to be able to perform. Um, but we can. Uh, and I think it's just a belief. But yesterday, I agree with one of those. I don't know who it was now because I'm not sitting in front of a laptop, so I can't see which ones they are. But the guy who said that we were outperformed out you know out fitness you know we're winning every second ball they mm. they knew where we they knew where balls were going to go whether or not they were mistake balls or not they they were there before us they were there they were all over them um and it just shows their pure class mm-hmm. you know they are a great team and it shows where we need to be but we're good enough for we're good enough to be you know around that that top half of the table all day long we've got a good team Probably the best we've had for many years. But yesterday, um, you know, if, if you're a neutral looking at that game, you'd think we're in, we're potentially going into a relegation battle if we play like that every game. I know it's only a couple of games in, and I'm not in any way, I'm not in any way thinking that we're going into a relegation battle at all. I think, you know, I think we'd be all right. It's early doors, and I think we pick it up. But, you know, you, you, you can see why some of those comments and people are doing it because. We were shocking. And a lot of people probably watching it on the telly was the first game they've seen us play this season. Um, yeah, it was nothing to write home about, was it? No, I mean, some more reactions. You said there about, um, obviously, it's only three games in. Paul Rogers says, quite simply, how should you react to that game? By not overreacting. I, you know, that's a complete contest right. there. Uh, I think Kelly Jacket always used to say, and I, I use this kind of analogy a lot as well, see where you are after 12 games in the league, 10 to 12 games. And albeit, when you think about the three games we've had, QPR, a lot of people fancy them to be up there. Uh, Blackburn, typically a decent championship side. A lot of people think they've struggled, but I think they've, you know, people underestimate obviously the talent they've already got there and the money they've already spent on a couple of their players. And then you have Fulham coming to town, who everyone expects to be up there. Tough start to the season, really, mate, when you put it that way. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. But I agree with you. I think 12 games in, we'll have a look how we are and see what we do. But at the moment, it's, I, I don't think it's time to panic. I don't think it's time to press the button. I think, you know, what it does show is that 
We need a creative midfielder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Smith was all right last night. I think he was trying his hardest. He hasn't got the legs, but you know, if we can give him um, opportunities, I think he'll probably take them quite happily. Yeah, and just to finish this part, a few more reactions. Ryan Waterman here, drowning my sorrows, filling with a huge budget squad. Romeo caught out time and time again. Jed well under par. Uh, Charlie Hubbs says, don't, don't, don't react to it. Just have a shot of Jack Daniels and go to sleep. Um, that's a nice one there, mate, I think. Yeah, I thought uh, that was good. <laughs> Dan Tadman, the budgets are relevant. The players had no mental belief that they could get anything from the game until the 86 minutes in. Four at the back made things slightly better second half. However, the mental attributes of a few players challenged me tonight. Cooper especially. Interesting, that one there. Um, Neil says, a change of formation needs to be considered for the next game or two. Uh, David MFC, a team with no money who are shit in the Premier League, but good in the Championship versus an average Championship team. Uh, Sean says, we was outclassed, outfought and outplayed. Uh, Carly sent a gif in, which made me laugh last night. It was everything is better with a lot of tequila? That was quite. It's it's fair. I think alcohol. Mill drove a few fans to alcohol last night, mate. Um, and finally, from Jim, better side one, one two flat us massively. I can accept being beat, but lack of effort by some players was unacceptable. No, I totally yeah. agree. And I think the way to look at it is that uh, you know Fulham is too good for the championship, mm-hmm. but too shit for the Premiership. Um, and that that that's you know that's it. But again, it just it goes to show about these poxy parachute, para, you know, what, what these were brought in for was to save people losing their jobs, keep people going for a little while and all that, not being able to go out and spend 20, you know, 20 odd million pound on a player yep. um, to try and, you know, defend yourself so you can go back up. Um, but unfortunately, you're never going to stop these parachute payments because, you know... Message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Annual premium for basic liability policy not available in all states. On August 25th. I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. The Premiership people aren't going to let you do it. So it is what it is, and we've got to deal with it. But they've got to do something to make it a little bit fairer on teams what are established championship teams um, compared with teams what just yo-yo up and down from the Prem and the Championship. Yeah, I could talk an hours in a day about this parachute payment stuff because yeah, me and you both. It's, it's brought in, obviously, like you look at horror examples of, you know, Portsmouth in recent years, Bradford's going back a little bit more, you know, yeah. clubs that kind of crippled, obviously Leeds, you know, going down Sunderland. to League One. Yeah, all these clubs that are kind of, you know, nosediving, it's there to kind of save them. But at the same time, you look at these clubs and they're still falling away by the wayside still. It's because, it's, like I said, the balancing game risk kind of element to it. Um I kind of I do subscribe to the idea that you know Fulham are too good for us, but at the same time, you know, end of the day, it's eleven v eleven on a football pitch, and I think the tactics weren't you know spot on yesterday, which is the first time I say that about Brighton for a long while. 
I think the players, obviously, like I said, just countless errors. I think if, if the game plan was maybe executed a bit better, it could have been a different story. And I think a lot of people, I agree with here, you know, like you should have got up and at them. Like what you said, Mickey, about Leicester coming to town, you know, like the same when we have Watford, Bournemouth, you know, Everton. If you get up and at the teams, if you cause issues at their, you know, they're centre-halves, you know, they're luxury players in championship standards. They don't really like the rough and tough sometimes of the championship. Matt Smith coming at you and stuff like that. Maybe it's a learning curve for Rowett as well yesterday. So we'll have to wait and see on that one. No, I um, totally agree. Anything else you want to chuck into part one, mate, before we finish up here? No, I think we're done, mate. We're, we're obviously going to talk about the um, the pathetic broadcaster in part two. So we're, oh, we I'll are. hold it back. I'll hold it back for that. Uh, I'm going to have to just go let you, let you rip, I think. But uh, yeah, we're back yeah. in a second after this. All right, Mickey, part two. You mentioned it just then. Off you go. Talk to me about Sky Sports News and Sky Sports in general. They're just fucking stitch-up artists. You know, the, the problem is is that they got involved with whatever you want to call it, gesture, movement, whatever it was, and then realised that actually it had gone too far down the line and they can't get out of it. So, you know, how many teams so far this season, Premier Championships, have had booing at the start of the game? But yet, they want to make us out to be wrong. You know, they, they're... We are the fucking evil of football. We are, you know, as Reg says, we are a convenient peg to hang, you know, the troubles of the world on. Do you know what I mean? That's not the right quote, but you know what I mean, right? They're, they're just, it was a pure stitch up, you know. Gary, well done. Do you know what I mean? At the end of the day, Gary's true what he's saying. There is a rift amongst football players. Do you know, all football players are are saying, you know, what's it, what's it achieving? And And I agree. I think... What would be a much better agree? What, what would be a much better gesture and everything else is if Sky stuck their hands in their big fat pockets and pulled out 10, 20 million pounds and went, Here you go, kick it out. We're going to sponsor you now per year to actually do something rather than at the moment we're just glorified and, and, and alienating people. Mm-hmm. When kick it out, especially now with the leadership it's got now, could actually do some, some proper good going forward. Rather than at the moment, we just fucking, you know, we're the ones who, you know, fans who want to boo. Look, I, I, will I boo? Probably not. But it doesn't take away that people have got a right to do what they want to do. If they want to nil, they want to boo. That's it. I don't think the people booing are racist. But, mm-hmm. you know, uh, look, if you, if you want to listen to some common sense on this, today, which is Wednesday, on, um, on TalkSport, Go on there, listen back between half 11 and 12, and Simon Jordan nails it. Absolutely fucking nails it. Uh, Jim White, as usual, uh, he's got splinters on his ass because he sits on a fucking fence. Um, But Simon Jordan ain't ain't afraid to speak the truth, and, and he's nailed it on. You know, you can't have one without the other. If we're not allowed to do this, then why can't we? And when we do do it, why do you sit there and say instant reaction to it is, Oh, you're racist. Because I don't. I, I honestly don't think that you know there are most of the people what boo across the country are racist. I wouldn't do it, but mm-hmm. that's not to say that other people haven't got that right to do it. If that's the only way they can feel to make a stand, then it is what it is. But no one wants to talk to us. No one wants to speak about it. Everyone just wants to throw the, you know, throw the marker. Yeah, I mean, to get to put the quote, and I've just put it on Twitter as well, mate. A convenient coat peg upon which football and society can hang its eels. Reg Burr in the 1980s, former Mill chairman. There you go, mate. I mean, obviously, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying there, mate. And I think 
for me anyway, it's no surprise that, you know, I think Sky probably chomping it a bit to wait for that moment yesterday where they can turn around and go, here we go, let's get that kind of, that moment where we can pin it on Millwall again. And I think, of course, you know, it's right or wrong. People could decide it for themselves. I think, you know, people are right to air their own opinion, I suppose. And I think for me anyway, and it's not to be critical of the club because I would never dream to do so and the people that run the club because, you know, people like John Berrelson who was on the pitch on Saturday, we all lauded him for the right reasons on Saturday. I just wonder, and I know, Mickey, you're in between there in your moment there. I just wonder whether the club could have preempted this yesterday by either coming out of that inequality banner or doing something where, you know, they could come around and just kind of stop Sky from having their moment. Yes, if we boo the knee, whatever. But if we come out of that inequality banner that we did against the QPR, I'm pretty sure that would have got, come out to an ovation from everyone in the crowd because it's not about us disagreeing with equality, not in the slightest, in my opinion. But... No, I, I, totally I wonder if the club could have maybe done something there yesterday just to kind of preempt it because I'm not surprised by it. You're not surprised by it. I think anyone that's been following me all for enough years knows what it's going to be like in the media. So I wonder if the club could have done something there, mate, to maybe, you know, preempt it. Yeah, maybe. But hindsight's a wonderful thing, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's it's not as if it's it's new to us. It's not as if it's just us. You know, every team's been doing it, yet we're the ones who, who get alienated for it. And Sky have got form for it. You know, um, remember the interview when, um, after the Everton game, when Neil Harris got asked loads of questions and um, and all they did is suddenly hijacked, you know, the trouble with um, Everton. And then all they were doing was showing that question and that answer over and over and over on repeat. They've got form. But what do you do? I don't know what you do. I mean, to me, I, I'm sort of gaining on the side of, you know, get rid of Sky, you know, ban Sky. But then again, you're going to give them more ammunition to fight you on, aren't you? Um, and they're just <laughs> going to use it against you. But what you've got now is every team that comes to Millwall now is going to end up taking the knee, regardless if they've taken the knee for the rest of the games or not. They're going to take it just to keep playing pressure on. Um, but again, you know, what is there to do, you know? We need someone like kick it out, the FA, the EFL, everyone else to suddenly make a stand and say, right, this is the new system. This is the new thing. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to move forward. Everyone's going to back it, which we would. All Millwall fans would back the quality or something else because they're not racist. I mean, I don't know many clubs what have done what we've done in, in you know, the last 10 years to go towards racism. I don't know how many, you know, many more clubs have done more mm. than what we have, yet it never gets publicised. It's all, oh, well, yeah, Millwall racist. When you can't be far from the truth. I bet if you check the police records and everything else, I bet we're one of the, you know, if not the lowest, one of the lowest for any race of the rest. I, I just think it's madness. The last time I checked, we were. So, mm. you know, look, at the end of the day, our motto is no one likes us, we don't care. Correct. And the truth is we don't care. But you know what? It gets, it, it just, it's SC16, mate. You can't be fucking tiring Millwall with, oh, you know, just because you can. That's that's just bollocks. It's just get a new, you know, get a new narrative, get something else and just carry on. Um, a, tip of hat to, a tip of the hat to Rowett, though, after his, uh, when he, his post match interview last night. I think if he'd done anything right yesterday, I think he answered that really well and obviously kind of put it back in the, the reporter's face, I think, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, I think we'll put that to bed there. I think if you're if you're of the younger generation for Mill fans and you've not really, you know, I suppose the hooliganism element has gone a little bit and you know the no one likes us, we don't care moment is maybe not been tested for you yet. But it's history though. This is it. You, you, you know, for, for me you anyway. Can't 
no one likes to win at care sticks with me for a reason and i know it's the same with you mickey so maybe you know just this is a little um I suppose the younger generation of fans will need to kind of speak to your granddad, speak to your dad, speak to the older generation. They actually find out, you know, don't listen to, you know, Green Street Green and all that. Some of those hooligan element, what people class as a hooligan element, stopped a lot of the non-hooligan element over the years getting battered and everything else and protected them and looked after them and everything else. So you can't hide that they're part of our history. And forever and a day, they will stay part of our history because it is what it is. I'm not laughing at you, mate. I'm laughing at the action shot here you're getting with your dog. There you go. Look at that. You see? Name me a single podcast out there or Mill fan channel that does what we do here. Commitment to the cause is what we do. Um, mate, I'm going to wrap it up here. What I want to do is, though, is actually obviously a little bit of Cardiff. Uh, they drew two all yesterday. Um, managed to get a 2-2 draw last minute against Peterborough. They were 2-0 down. Managed to come back. I think their goalkeeper was involved in the last minute goal. And he also made an outstanding save, supposedly. They're going to be a tough test, ain't they, on Saturday going up there. And it always is a tough place, Mick McCarthy sides. They play a bit like us, mate. I think yeah. all five of their goals this season, I saw stats somewhere, have been all from headers. Yeah. So it's going to be, uh, I think, personally, I think I can see a nil-nil or one-one. I can see another draw. What do you reckon? Yeah, I think it'll probably be a. I think it'll probably be a draw. I think it'll be um, it'll be a good draw if we can get a draw away to Cardiff. I think it'll be a result. So yeah, or or we can nick it. You know, one of the two. I, I'll take either way. But I think it'll either be a one nil or or a nil nil one all draw. Definitely, I agree with you there, mate. And like just, I said, it's going to that's against the wall kind of performance will be required. But go on, mate. I'll let you do. Oh, just to sit there and say, um, you know, um, you're the football man and I'm not, but I'm beating you in a prediction league. Uh, I thought we'd get away about saying that today. No I way, you mate. Forgot. No way. <laughs> fucking no way. Check it just out, shows I know fuck all. Then. I know fuck all about the championship. That's just what it proves. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, but check I, out News at Den Prediction League. We put videos out weekly where I'm putting my predictions in. I might as get Mickey to share his predictions so I can copy them this week instead for a change. I'm yeah, pretty maybe. sure he's copy. I'm pretty sure he's reading mine and going, "Oh, let me change that. I'll do this." No, he's I'm working from that. So. I'm not watching yours <laughs> at all. Do you know what I mean? I'm doing mine because. Uh, I just look at it. You, you, I'll do a video of mine, I think, and you'll like the way I pick mine. They're um, they're quite good. Yeah. Well, I think we'll wrap this up one here anyway. Um, if you're listening, or if you're watching on YouTube, we're going to put a six-minute segment at the end of this for uh, audio versions of Kai's review of the game and also his uh, thoughts. Uh, I'm not going to put it on YouTube. I think it's going to be a little um, thing to add on to the audio side. So check that out. Uh, if you're obviously new around here, be sure to subscribe and leave a like on the video. And like I said, check out our audio version for the last six minutes of Kai's roundup. Anything else you want to add, Mickey, before we go? No, check out the website. It's been it's all been updated and changed and it looks pretty and, and and yeah, just have a look and show us your love. Make sure you subscribe, tell your mates and uh yeah, continue and thank you to everyone who's uh who's subscribed recently. And thank you yeah. very much for listening because you're uh, you're keeping us the number one Millwall podcast in the charts, so much appreciated. McKenny's charts. We're hustling here anyway, as you can see. We're we're making sure we're getting shows out twice a week and on the days we want to get them out. Hence Mickey being out on his dog walk and fitness in here. So I appreciate you stepping in today, Mickey May, and I'll see you on Sunday. Yes, mate. Oh, yes, yes. We'll be back for a Sunday show. So yeah, hopefully we'll do the business on Saturday. Fingers crossed we do, and uh we'll be back on Sunday, like I said there, for another show. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you later.
my thoughts on Mills' 2 1 defeat against Fulham at the Den on Tuesday evening. Obviously, Gary Rowett made two changes to the side that, that drew 1 1 against Blackburn Rovers on Saturday. Danny McNamara and George Evans um, were, were replaced by Ryan Leonard and, and Marlon Romeo in the centre of midfield and the right back, respectively. Um, and it was a tough start. Uh, in fact, George, uh, George Savile actually got a shot off after about 50 seconds and it was blocked. Um, but from there, I think they won the ball back and, and kept it well. And it, it led to Carvalho putting it into the box with Mitrovic, who, who tapped home from close range after about three, three and a half minutes. Um, from then, you know, we, we struggled to sort of get out and, and defend them and keep the ball. And when we did, when we did get the ball, um, we struggled to keep it and, and we misplaced passes and and um, you know, short passes or just them intercepting was just was the problem for us. And and Fulham scored their second about eight minutes in. Carvalho uh, was given time to run on the right hand side, and he hit one near post. Bart, but past Bart, um, you know, and it made it two 0 after eight minutes. And from there, it was always going to be a mountain to climb. Um, you know, and and after that, they could have made it three. Ivan Cavaliero. Um, you know, hit one past the post with his left foot, but but we, we we started to we started to get get into the game actually a little bit more after that without actually testing the keeper or or really putting anything dangerous into the box. We started to keep it a bit better. Problem was when we get when we got it into wide areas, um, you know, on the flanks and and you know we, we just we unfortunately we, the the passes were were um were either short or that you know they they were too far ahead of them and, and you know it went off the pitch it was quite a few times that that happened last night and and they really hurried us um i think we really struggled with that um but but we went in half time at 2-0 um which was which was important because i think that any more and that would have probably seen us seen seen the game off and we, we you know there'd been no chance of, of get, us getting back into it uh, at least at 2-0 there's always a chance um they came out second half and they nearly scored straight away as well uh, mitrovic with the volley and i think it was carvalho that followed up after a good start a good save from bar um you know, and then after that, we, we we started to keep the ball a little bit better actually. After that, and we we started to to make the right passes and, and try and get the ball into the box without actually getting any joy, um, you know, in the box without actually getting any real clear cut chances. And and so did, and then you know and, and and from then it was a bit of an end to end game. We we sort of tried to get the ball and, and attack them, and they were attacking us. But when they were attacking us, they had a lot of space in the midfield to be able to dictate the play and and to find their passes when they when they when they when they had the chance. Um, Onomar and and Seri were were you know. Set well, Onomar in the in the first half, I think, and, and Seri in the overall for the first probably seventy five minutes. They they dictated the game. They they got the balls out wide to Cabana, who who really thrived down the right hand side. Um, he was on loan to Borough last year. I thought he was a real threat all evening um, for them. Um, Cavaliero was another one um, who was another threat, um, and 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 they just looked dangerous. They all looked they looked all round dangerous. Um, you know, it was a really tough game against a, a really really good side. Um, but you know, it's one of them ones that you know they beat Huddersfield five one on Saturday with, with with just ten men, and 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 that just shows the the, the side what, what they're capable of. Um, you know, in fairness, they probably they probably could have scored a couple more um, before. You know, we had a couple of good chances towards the end. Eighty minute, eighty minutes gone, I think it was, and and Scott Malone, but it's a really good ball in, and Matt Smith heads just over the bar after being brought on as a substitute at half time, um, and then after that, uh, you know. We, we 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 scored. Ball comes in. Matt Smith and, and Benikafobi. Um, Matt, Matt Smith basically just just heads it and it and it hits Benikafobi goes in and you think do you know what it's two one here I don't know you know I'm, I, I was questioning how we were actually in this game um, but I thought to myself come on let's let's try and let's try and get let's try and get another goal let's try and 
get the equaliser in. And we, and we and you know what? They looked really uncomfortable when we got our equaliser. They did not look comfortable like they did for the for the other eighty five minutes all that all evening. And they and I just wish that we maybe could we maybe would have scored five minutes earlier because I reckon another five minutes and I reckon they might have their, their defence would have cracked and. They, they just didn't look, as soon as we got started to get balls into the box and really get numbers forward, they did not look comfortable in the air with Smith and Cooper and, 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 and Murray Wallace and Ballard in the box. And I thought you know, that was a real um, shame that we couldn't have done it earlier. But, but, you know, obviously in the end it wasn't to be. Cooper had a late chance um, that unfortunately uh, went over the bar, went, went over the bar and then wide. Um, but, you know, it happens and, and they're a good side. They'll be challenging this year. So we can't read too much into the result, but we need to improve. And I think... My man of the match for 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 Tuesday evening, um, I thought Ballard was 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 impressed me again. I thought he looked calm and composed on the ball. He's, he's strong. He dealt with Mitchford well. Got an elbow in the face as well in the ninety ninety third minute. Took then took the referee ninety three minutes to actually book Mitrovic um, after a series of <laughs> of challenges that were probably worthy of a yellow card. Um, no, but I was pleased with Ballard. I thought he was strong, and he looked exciting after his really, really good performance on Saturday as well. So, um, there's, you know, there was a positive of that. The other positive from the game was Benikofobi getting off the mark. Obviously, you know, he, he didn't, he wouldn't have known too much about that goal. Just sort of bounced off his head. But it doesn't matter how it comes. He he needs that first goal when he's got it now. So hopefully, you know, we can put that result to to to, to one side and, and move on and kick on and try and. Uh, beat Cardiff on, on Saturday which is going to be another tough game but yeah there's you know Fulham were, Fulham were a very good side last night and uh, and we and we need to try and you know bounce back from that and because and ultimately we could we could have got a point had we have had the ball fallen to us you know right at the death so you know even though we didn't probably deserve it um, you know we, we were in that game we kept ourselves in that game just and and, and we nearly we nearly we, we very nearly um, very nearly equalised but yeah then my thoughts to the game and um and hopefully on Saturday we can we can go to Cardiff and, and get our first league win of the season. Come on, you Lions. Progressive is America's number one motorcycle insurer, so we understand motorcycles. No, really, we have a bike translator. Okay, so this bike feels like he's capable of a little more than just trips to the convenience store. Oh, also, he wants to let you know that you can buy a gallon of ice cream instead of a pint every time. <laughs> Those are his words. So he said roughly like, blink the last wheel. It doesn't really translate, but the way he said it was super funny. <laughs> Get 24-7 roadside assistance with Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Roadside assistance subject to policy terms and limits and may require comprehensive coverage. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.